Welcome to another episode of Work. Hey guys, live podcast. Shout out to the DVD jam session. And today I have a lovely and special guest. One of the greatest designers in the world. It's someone I'm a huge fan of. I follow his work for quite some time. Even when I used to actually listen in Austin, we've actually been from Austin today. But before I get into this video, wherever you're tuning in from and watching this episode from, I'm wishing you well. And I hope you're having a happy life. With that said, Owen Michael Hammond is a designer, mentor, and design principal with IDL. Design across the gamut from service design, advertising, to graphic design, interactive, and environmental design, which is just crazy. We're going to dive deep on that as well as today's episode. With IBM, Owen actually works with their employees to design to drive the design and implementation of impactful IBM HR experience. By increasing alignment integration HR programs, groups, and tools while focusing on the needs of employees. So personalized employee experiences is what he works on, which is really, really exciting. We're gonna dive deep on that as well. And this is for their first line and upline managers. He's also an advisor with AIDA Austin, Texas. Shout out to AIDA. And he's actually an educator and adjunct instructor. Austin Community College to prepare students with a practical knowledge need in the future. So whether it be design and advertising, he prepares them with skills and expertise. So I'm really excited to dive deep on him. I mean, as you guys can tell, he's pretty fantastic. Before we go deep on this episode, I want to show love to Brittany who's tuning in. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Mr. Gordon. Hey, Leteria. Hey, Bailey. How's it going? Good afternoon to you as well. As well as Mr. Steen, who's tuning in. Please let us know where you're tuning in from. We're really excited to talk to Owen today. And as we go throughout this episode, yes, like we're on TV, if you want to jump into the conversation, feel free to. All right. But that said, let's bring on Owen. Hey, Owen. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, Tim? <laughs> doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm really happy that it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Friday, man. Where, so you're tuning in from Austin, right? Yes, in hot Austin, Texas. <laughs> wow. So let me, how have you been, you know, due to quarantine? What's your, your quarantine situation like? Um, well, it's been good. You know, it's been an adjustment to be home permanently working all the time. Um, yeah. But it's also a positive that uh, I have a very long commute to work from where I live at in Austin. So I don't have to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. pluses and minuses. I do miss working very close to the team uh, on a day to day basis. But, you know, we just jump right into remote work very easily, uh, fortunately. Yeah. You know, and shout out to Betty, who is a good friend of mine, who's currently tuning in as well for this episode. Shout out to you, Betty. Thank you so much. Aaron is saying he has issues with the audio. I, the audio sounds great to us. Um, Aaron, so if you have any issues, please uh, let us know. We'll try to see if we can fix it. But it actually, I can hear Owen perfectly. And shout out to Angel, who's also tuning in as well. Owen, I would love for you to share a little bit with us about your background. You know, when I introduced you, I mentioned that you've done design across the gamut, from service design to environmental design. And a lot of people don't realize you were actually formerly in the military as well. <laughs> share, share that with us. Uh, yeah, so I guess I'm on my second life or third life or whatever. 
and live your life right. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, before I even got into design, I actually was, um, uh, I joined the military midway through high school. I was a, what, what was called a split option program where I went and I joined the military my junior year of high school. I went to basic training between junior and senior year of high school. And then um, once I graduated from high school, I went full-time active duty into the full-time army and I spent uh, a total of eight years altogether, four years active, four year reserve and serving in the military. But, and at the second half, you know, that second four years, I actually was uh, in the reserves and started going to school and started going to uh, uh, taking some college classes. And at that time, you know, it was the community college that I went to, Jefferson Community College in Louisville, it was commercial art. And, um, and so, but even before that, you know, before, even in high school, I was doing some design work before I really knew it was design because people were asking me, can you do a brochure for me? Can you design a t-shirt for me? Can you design a poster for me? And I didn't really know I was doing design work. Um, I would just happen to be the person who can use the Mac classic that was in the computer lab and <laughs> <laughs> use fonts and like print out stuff and, you know, was, you know, problem solving how to like make a tripo brochure without really any type of instruction around. So it was, it was, it was really interesting to, you know, you know, as I reflect back on those things of like, of like how I got into design without really knowing I was on that trajectory into design as well too. Yeah, you had an entire business in high school. Business, <laughs> <laughs> man. I, I wish I really knew how to run a business because I probably would have made a lot of money with all the work that I did in high school. <laughs> yeah, no, see, no, I remember because in high school we used to have, you know, there was definitely people like you in our high school, people that you would go to because they had a, they already had their discipline figured out. They either were great at you know selling candy <laughs> or <Right>. yep. <laughs> So, you know, so for you, because you also come from a really creative family as well. So tell us how that shaped your passion for design. Um, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, the, the work that, you know, my my family did, my mom had did some craft work. My brother was an amazing and still is an amazing um, uh, traditional uh, drawing artist. Um, he does it on the side and, you know, his own, his only formal training was high school and things that he did as a kid. And I mirrored and followed that as well, too. And so uh, shout out Betty, you know, veterans all the way. <laughs> um, but, you know, for, for me, you know, I emulated, you know, and did the same things that they did as well, too. And, you know, picked up those crafts and, you know, mirrored my brother and his, you know, trying to draw the comic books like he was drawing the comic books as well too. And it was, it was, it was interesting that, you know, that, um, you know, for me, I saw creativity as more of a problem solving mm. pick, uh, ability versus, you know, doing art for my sake, because as I reflected on that, I was doing more of my artwork for other people versus for myself then and it, you know even giving it away <laughs> as well too or you know not being charged for or things like that so it, it just it was interesting you know as i reflected that on that in my career or in my journey that you know i've always done 
create up things in the service of others. And, and that's kind of like how I treat my career now. It's more of, I'm not doing design for myself. Um, I, I do it more for others so they can like either have a more enjoyable experience, whatever I'm designing for them. Then. Yeah. And I mean, that's when it's more fun. When it's yeah. a passionate place. Mm-hmm. You know, who are, who are, and there's a lot of problems to be solved right now in the world. <laughs> so I think, you know, right now it's, a, it's like a renaissance period if you're a designer, if you have that design thinking background and mindset. And shout out to Betty, who's also a really passionate designer at heart in a sense, but she does it in a different realm. So shout out to her for showing you love for being an Air, as far as being an Air Force veteran. You know, I want to ask you, who are some of your favorite design leaders that have also shaped your thinking? You know, I know you work with IBM and they have a a, a legacy of amazing design leaders who, who work there. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, before before I even got into IBM, I worked for a couple of different agencies. And, you know, I would say one of the first people in, the, in one of the, uh, the, the group of people, actually, that I always lean on and go back to are the first agency I worked at, which was at Benchmark, which is became Anthem Worldwide. I had a host of great leaders at that agency that really helped me hone my design practice. Mm-hmm. Les Hall, John Carpenter, Megan Madonna, uh, Jen O'Shea, they, they all just kind of took me under their wing and you know really helped me become a better designer um, as design leaders that I emulated too. And you know, in a modern sense in, in my day-to-day practice now, it's, you know, people like Doug Powell, who's a, the former AIGA president, and now he's a vice president at, um, at IBM, as well as a distinguished designer. And he, he has taught me a, a tremendous amount from before I even met him. Um, and as I worked underneath him when he was my direct manager, and even now as, you know, continuing to this day as a, as a mentor, as a sponsor, uh, for me, he's been this amazing kind of like, you know, anchor point in my day-to-day world internally in my professional and even externally um, outside of, of IBM to as in how he's handled situations, how he's handled his career um, and, you know, using, um, using him as, you know, as a wayfinding point mm. as a leader. And, you know, also, you know, as a, as a senior leader, you know, people like Bobby Martin of Champion, uh, I met him at when we both spoke at uh, Design for Business, Business of Design. And I actually got a chance to sit with him at a lunch counter uh, when we were between sessions and had a, an amazing conversation with him. And since then, I've been following him. Um, and what his company is doing that champion, uh, is, has been doing it and it's just really amazing work and just his thought leadership that he puts out there as well, too, has been really, really interesting to follow and, you know, take as a suggestion of like, what could I do to bring that into my experience as a designer? Yeah. So you have a board of directors (laughs) of leaders that you, you know, that really inspired you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm a... For, for I mean, most of the people here don't know me, but like, I'm a humongous introvert. But you know, I feel most comfortable talking about my experiences mm-hmm. or anything that relates to design. Like I talk all day long about design, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I, I found that I got myself out of that introvertness. Of you know, what am I most confident about 
in my career or most confident about in my day-to-day conversation. And it's anything that relates to design. And that's that that anchor has allowed me to be able to reach out to those leaders and reach out to those people who are themselves, you know, thought leaders in design and be able to have constructive conversations. And once you start to have that conversation, my that introvertness that I have just goes away. Mm. And, I, and I find that the conversation is just becoming extremely rich and extremely meaningful uh, to, to have those type of conversations then. Wow, that's so powerful, man. And I think you, one of the things that you touched on uh, when we've had prior conversations is the importance of managing up mm. your career and also having these board of directors and, and people who are kind of are mentors within your company, but also beyond your company that can advocate for you. You know, I want you to share a little bit more about the importance of managing up for you. You know, you work now as a, you know, with the HR group um, within IBM and, you know, you're in a, a, a principal role, but you you kind of you shared that that's really important. A lot of people lack that skill early on in their career. How can they gain that skill? How, how should they approach that when they're early in their careers? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that the big thing that for us as designers, um, one, we have to realize and recognize that we have a seat at the table that we haven't had before. We've had different iterations of that. But now as those corporate leaders or or business leaders recognize the the power that design can have on their experiences or their offerings or, you know, the brands that they own, they are seeking and looking to us as designers to bring that thought leadership to them. Mm -hmm. And as a part of managing up, it is, you have to recognize that this is a, that it is a two-way conversation. It's not one directional, which I think a lot of designers when they're, you know, new, um, they more focus on like, what do you want me to do versus what do we need to do to enable a new experience and that's a two-way conversation where as the owner like if you're you know if you're working with a client like the client has a subject matter expert on their product or you know their company and you as a designer are the subject matter expert in design and so it's changing that conversation from being one directional to be a collaborative conversation mm-hmm. and that's a kind of like a part of that managing up of like communicating those priorities and seeking that feedback and that that goes in both directions then and that's a that's just the start of managing up so it's changing that conversation to be multi-directional versus one way um but also it's about being able to anticipate you know, the needs of your boss or your manager and you know trying to think not just at the moment but ahead of that moment as well too just so that you can like be prepared when those conversations need to come up or those questions come up as well too to make sure that you know you're providing the information or the information at your fingertips or you at least know the right people to to help you get those answers in as well too Man, those, these are tips. These are tips. <laughs> Any, anyone early in their career should be writing down right now. I want to show love to Betty, who's asking a really great question. You use design thinking methods. What are some of the challenges in getting people to move through the process? Um, that's a great question because it's uh, for us as a team, we're um, HR, and 
for us as a team, we're trying to transform an organization to be user-centric. And one of the, the roadblocks that we run into a lot of, and we do a lot of advising and coaching. So we're, we're, it's not just us doing it, but we're trying to advise others of like how they can do that in their space in HR. Um, a lot of the times what we find is people try to fire hose their team with design thinking. And that can turn into, you know, people get um, overwhelmed. It's too much for them to try to take in all at once. And a, a, one of the biggest things that we really encourage teams or, you know, those what we, we have uh, enterprise design thinking coaches, you know, they people that are like practitioners of, of design thinking and they are badged coaches. Um, what, one of the things that we encourage our coaches to do is to take small bites of design thinking. You know, don't try to fire hose your team with every single, you know, part of the design thinking framework and get your team on board with it. You know, if you're at the beginning phase of, of a project, you know, only focus on getting your team with doing, uh, understanding your user and maybe just do a persona map and just do that and reflect on it. What did you come out with with that? And then, you know, maybe a couple other iterations later, introduce another activity, introduce another way, a new way of working introduce a new user-centric question that may not have come up previously um, in the way that you would have done work. And that way I find is a, a much better digestible way for the team to take on design thinking versus trying to get it all done within you know, one project or one sprint, <laughs> things like that. Um, that can you know really you know, make the team disgruntled. It, 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 the team just doesn't really, you know, you know, it's too much for the team to try to take on and deliver work at the same time as well, too. Um, so it's that's one of the biggest things I, I really recommend teams to do, you know, small um, bite size it, bite sizes like cupcakes, yeah. like what are the little cupcakes or or even like lollipops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, it, I, I think and I've definitely seen organizations that go stir crazy around design thinking mm -hmm. because, you know, they're so enamored by 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 it and the cultural movement around it. But I think that's actually great advice coming from Owen. And, you know, even for Betty, she does a lot of it around the education space um, where I think that there's a lot of design thinking necessary in that space. But the more you bite size it, the more digestible, more rationale um, you can give behind it. And people will, will more likely embrace it over time. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, with that said, what is employee experience design, Owen? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think you know, I share a lot about this stuff because, you know, we do a lot of work with uh, with Guide in the HR and L&D space. And I think a lot of people, this is a new concept to, to many. Um, so how do you define it? And how, what got you interested in, in kind of you going into this new frontier, being someone that's worked in all angles of design in the past. Yeah, uh, so, you know, we define employee experience design as putting the, putting the user of our products and experiences in the center of our work so that we are creating meaningful, simplified, and uh, measurable experiences for the users. And in this space of HR, it's around anything that goes from 
before a person gets hired at a company all the way to someone exiting a company as well too. So everything that's from, and everything in between. So think about onboarding. Um, how do you create a meaningful onboarding experience that will encourage people to uh, really be engaged from day one or even before day one, um, be engaged at the, in the company and then you know work live and grow at the company so like how do we create the right working conditions for them to be successful how do we make sure that they are growing in their day-to-day -day work how do we make sure we're providing the right benefits for them um, in their work as well too and then exiting you know there's different degrees of exiting from all amazing like run at the company and now you're retiring you know what's that exit experience like to you know, if a if a person has to like, you know, be leave the company for, you know, whether they're let go, you know, that's an exit experience. And it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be so painful that they show up on Glassdoor or on social media talking about the negative experience that they had hmm. on and exiting the company then. Uh, a great example of that is I don't know if it, people here were following, you know, what happened at Airbnb. And I had never seen so much positivity of being let go from a company and, like, <laughs> and people just chiming in. It's like, here's a, here's an air table. Let's put an air table together for these yeah. people at Airbnb. It's like, oh my gosh, like I've never seen this ever happen before. And it's like, that's a positive exit experience that was put on by, you know, Airbnb, the, the current employees, the former employees. And the whole ecosystem that was like uplifting and I helped them as well too. Like, wow, hmm. not many companies can like you know stand behind you know examples of a great exit experience such as that. Yeah, they were able to create a just a, a complete a talent front just for the people who are leaving, so they can find new jobs. And you know, and they also gave the people who they were letting go, they allowed them to keep their computers, so they can hopefully find new opportunities with their computers. So really closing that digital divide because a mm -hmm. lot of people can't find jobs because they don't have the equipment. Exactly. That's powerful. No, and I think it's so it's so powerful that this is now kind of this new frontier in design because we, I, I think in the past organizations didn't really think about how are we thinking about employee experience like end to end and, you know, to have people now actually spending time on this mm -hmm. and designers working with HR leaders you know, I think it, 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 it's a telltale sign of what we can expect in terms of the future of work. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, a lot of people ask us, it was like, well, doesn't HR do that type of work already? already? Like, <laughs> and yes, they do. Um, and a lot of them come up with amazing ideas. Uh, but I think it's around for us. It's around ensuring that, you know, the people that they are designing for, designing these offerings and experiences for, are in the center of when they are creating that work mm. and using design thinking, you know, design thinking helps us make sure we're designing the right and creating the right work. Agile helps us make sure that we're doing the work right. Mm. Offering management allows us to like, are we measuring the right metrics to see that what we have designed is actually making an impact in as well too. And those are the three frameworks that we use internally at, at, and within our practice of HR and IBM of design thinking, 
agile and offering management or product management to make sure you know we're developing uh creating the right experience uh building it the right way and measuring to see what the impact of that is yeah let me ask you a moment you know because you're also an educator at mm -hmm. heart you know, you, and you do a lot of it within ibm beyond ibm and with austin community college <laughs> you know where do you see the future of work and education maybe integrating or um, being transformed you know there's a lot going on right now um harvard recently released that they're still going to do online education but it's still going to be fifty thousand dollars per semester to attend harvard and a few schools are are doing the same thing so how do you see things changing um from that angle in terms of long term in the future and can we design new systems around that what are your thoughts well you know you know the education system in itself is a, a model that has existed for a very long time and it hasn't had a it just recently have had some innovations that have come around it with uh you know new programs boot camps incubator schools different things like that that are tapping into a a market and a need from people that you know that may not be the best fit for the traditional four-year universities or you know that don't have the, the the finances to 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 get those four-year degrees as well too, and the one of the things that I see um, that we have done actually at IBM is you know that collaboration or that partnership with some of these um, you know smaller incubator programs, uh, six-month, two-year, you know eight-month programs where the professional practice is being brought in, you know, and professional leaders are being brought into the classroom mm. to bring much more real world experience of this is what it's gonna be like when you graduate. Mm. And so that transition from education to real world is much more of a softer landing for a lot of people who go through these programs that have a closer relationship with the businesses that they're wanting their students to be employed at then as well too. And so I, I see that coming much more uh, closer as a as, as a, uh, a parallel reality to traditional schools as well too. And um, I think that's gonna like increase more and more over time. You know, IBM has certain programs where we're starting real early into high school with wow. our with our P-Tech program, which is Let's have high school students um, that are, are are ready to start taking college classes in their you know sophomore and junior year, mm -hmm. and by the time they get to their senior year, they may only need one more year of like actual college of uh, technical experience or internship even, and they get hired on either at IBM or they can go wherever they want to with this new set of skills that they have developed. Um, and guess what? Their education is free because they've gone through the P-Tech program where the, the, the cost of that is, is, is almost zero now. Then. And wow. so that creates a huge amount of access uh, for students that may have not gotten that type of experience or that education um, before then as well too. So I can foresee much more programs like that coming out of, not from probably the education side, but actually from the corporations and businesses that are wanting to like get people 
into the workforce with the right skill sets sooner rather than later. Yeah. So you see more organizations actually blurring the lines between private and public and trying to actually seek out talent way before they even enter into college and mm -hmm. creating similar programs like P-TECH. Exactly. Wow. And, and also, you know, in a, in a remote first world, offering virtual solutions as well, because P-TECH isn't only physical. You can also, you know, be connect with employees at IBM online as well. Right. Because mm -hmm. you guys, because I've been actually I've, I've noticed the P-TECH program I've actually been involved in some capacity in the past. Uh, with it, and it's really, really popular in New York. Um, yes. Yes. Our, our, our flagship uh, was in Brooklyn, which one of the first programs. And that's a really successful program. And it's now, you know, in different spots across the country. Um, and it's it's been a that virtual moment, you know, particularly now, because we don't know what is going to happen with uh, the, the reformulation of how education is going to be and things like that. Um, it's good that those schools are doubling down on providing the right technolo technology resources for students yeah. so um, that they will be prepared uh, without skipping a beat, you know, not letting, you know, that face-to-face -face moment be the only way that they could, they can um, get education. Love that. Shout out to Betty, who's been a top viewer today. Kudos <laughs> to high school for future work skills development. She'd love to learn more about IBM program for youth. Betty, you should definitely connect with Owen. He's super accessible on LinkedIn. I'm sure he could talk your ear off about how you all can collaborate on that initiative. You know, and shout out to Feliso, who is saying, I'm enjoying this one. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> Let us know where you heard them from as well. Um, you know, Owen, I, I, you know, quick fire around now, because uh, we, we, want, we want the audience to get to know you even a little bit more personally. You know, what are three of your favorite design or leadership books that have shaped you and how you lead? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I would say probably one of the, the first ones that I actually picked up and really read and continue to like read over and over again is Creative Confidence by um, Tom and David Kelly of IDEO. That book is just amazing in how to bring, you know, not just helping me, you know, be more, you know, confident in, you know, how to bring creativity in the, the sense of business and business, uh, business results, but also helping others, you know, that are afraid of the word creative or mm -hmm. like, I'm not creative. Like, well, actually you are, you just, you know, you just now you did like, you know, be more confident yeah, and, you know, it, it, own it and, you know, don't be afraid of your ideas. There's those, there's no such thing as a bad idea. The only bad idea is the one that never spoken about um, in the conversation. So that book has been amazing. Uh, uh, the Power of Moments is a, another book. It's not a leadership book, but it's, it's just a, it's very similar to Creative Confidence. Um, uh, Moms and Marys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing this down in case y'all aren't writing this down. <laughs> and creative confidence. Yeah. Uh, Power of Moments is by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. And it's a, an amazing book about how we think about and talk about, you know, and, re and reflecting most importantly on moments that are, are, you know, not just the negative one, but the positive ones and how we capitalize on them in our day-to-day -day life and also most importantly in our day-to-day -day workflows as well too. Mm. Um, I, I find that a lot of the times in the work that I've done internally and even externally, 
know, one of the first questions I'm typically asking is like, so what's the problem that you're trying to solve? And like, what has been done in the past? And I find that the teams that I interact with have not done that reflection. And so they don't have something as an anchor point or a foundation to, you know, to, to look at, to see like, what have we done wrong in the past and how can we improve upon it in the future? Which if they don't do that, leads them to just recycling or, or being in a perpetual uh, cycle of doing the same work as is and not really evolving or growing from it then. So that book is really great in you know, helping teams and helping individuals, you know, you know, make sure that you're not repeating the past essentially, or, you know, repeating the past that matters, that that will help you and, you know, improving upon those things that have not helped you then as well too. And then the, the final book that I would recommend definitely is Designing Your Life. Oh, uh, that's a great one. Yeah, it's by Bill Burnett. Um, I've met him a couple of times. He's actually one of our, you know, our, uh, our you know, uh, sponsored users at IBM. Uh, you know, we work with him very closely uh, with him at Stanford D School as well, too, with a lot of work. And um, it's been a great book as a I highly recommend that book for those who just have thought about using design thinking as a way of, uh, you know, can I use design thinking to, you know, really change the way and things in my life? And that book really helps you with great activities, great conversations in that, in, in that book as well too. And he also has another book that's like uh, around working um, as well too. So two good books, one's about your life as an individual, the other one's about working. Um, using design thinking in your work practices as well too. Yeah, and and the and you just and I think the other one just recently came out as well. Right, right. Yeah, it just a couple months ago it just came out. So it's it's uh it's a really really great book. Love it, love it. So do you have so we see these action figures right behind you, man. So is this like your what are your favorite hobbies? Are you a figurine <laughs> collector? <laughs> it is. I am a collector. It's a probably an expensive bad habit, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't collect as many anymore. Um, I, I uh, a lot of the figures I collect are non, you know, not pop culture. They're from an artist named Ashley Wood, who's actually based in Australia. And um, he has his own comic book line. And the characters that you see behind me are from his, most of them are from his comic books. Wow. Um, but uh, he actually got lights. His work is so amazing and, and it's so detailed that uh, I guess he uh, somehow got uh, tapped by Marvel, um, Hasbro, and a couple of other companies that own, you know, DC, that own, you know, Avengers and all those other different types of comic books. And he's done licensing for other different, pop, more of the pop culture characters that we have now, then as well, too. So, um, uh, so that's uh, I've been collecting them for a couple of years. I, I've um, taken up a, a pause. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of out of the room, but also too, it's like it's you know, it's like oh, uh, you know, <laughs> you got to slow it down a little bit. Love Just it. Slow Love it down a little bit. Shout <laughs> out to Margarita Perez who says, "I'm so thankful for this session. Thank you. We're thankful for you for tuning in. She's followed you as a source of inspiration for a while." She wants to ask, she strongly believes in the role of design in HR and employee experience, but here it's not as well known and accepted idea yet where she works. Would you have any advice on how to make a stronger voice for design in HR? Thank you so much. 
Oh, yes. Thank you for the question. And um, I, just to give you, you know, some context of how we actually got into HR that may help you is we actually did a, um, a micro project to, to, to see how that, how design can be applied within the HR space. And before even that, we actually, one of the things that I did as a designer underneath um, Phil Gilbert in the, in the IBM design was I was actually the owner of the onboarding experience for design and offering management, as well as career de design, career development, as well as you know uh, leadership development as well too. All three of those things fall underneath in you know, most corporations underneath HR. And so before we even had you know were approached by HR to you know bring design into that space we were actually doing it on a day-to-day basis. And it was mainly because we wanted to make sure that our designers had the right materials, had the right experience of coming on board into IBM and not get, get, get caught up in the, you know, the, the, the traditional corporate onboarding experience. We wanted to make sure that our designers and offering managers really understood what design and what, what design was doing in IBM as well too. And so from those experiences into HR actually seeing the work that we were doing, they were like, can you do this in HR? It's like, yes, we can. Well, let's do a test case to see what that will be, what mm -hmm. that we look like. And we did, um, I worked on the lead design, leading the design experience for what we called um, career conversations, which was how can we help IBMers and managers have much more meaningful conversations around their careers at IBM. Mm. And, and so we created a platform and enablement around using design thinking. And we also worked in the agile framework as well, too. Uh, working with the, it, it wasn't just us as designers going off in the corner doing that. We actually worked with HR professionals that were actual, the actual owners of those types of experiences and created this unique experience that wasn't, you know, that was that was centered around and based upon how IBMers would use that experience then. Mm. And so by introducing that, you know, that new way of working and creating that experience, you know, we got buy-in from the HR leaders like, okay, yes, we can see this happening in HR. Let's bring this team over, which was uh, Damon Deere and myself. Um, came over, we created a team and, you know, we started out and one of the first things that we did actually um, as a design team and as employee experience design team was instead of the leadership coming to us and, you know, telling us what they want as priorities for us to do, we actually went out and did user research. We did user research of IBMers, particularly in the manager space to understand what were not just what was their experience, but what were the areas that they needed really good help, they needed help in to be the best managers that they possibly could. Because the managers are like the core of a good employee experience at, at, at any company. And what we did was we presented that up to the HRB, um, our leadership, and they said like, oh, wow, a lot of these ideas actually align to some of the things that we saw as opportunities for us um, to to work on. So let's you know uh, focus in on some of these projects that you have identified already based off of user research, and that's how we got that engagement and that buy-in from our leadership. It was 
um, not just you know, us, them telling us what to do, and it wasn't us telling us we're going to work on this, but it was that alignment of mm -hmm. them seeing like, oh, wow, we actually identified this, um, and we identified, and we validated it through user research then as well, too. So that's so how it became we did a priority. It. So yes, yeah, so it became a priority once with that validation from actual IBMers. Wow, that's powerful. Shout out to Margarita for asking that powerful question and looking to be an advocate for HR, designing HR in her um, country and with her company. That is so noble of you. So definitely connect with Owen if you have any more questions. As you can tell, he's a world of insights. And shout out to Nicole who's been showing us love all throughout this live. She's so thankful that she jumped in. Thank you, very insightful. She enjoyed this 100%. So shout out to you, Owen, because you are getting a lot of love for my today. <laughs> Also, once again, Dot is saying, hot dang, this live is vibing. Oh, <laughs> Dot. Hey, hey, Dot. Herself. <laughs> you know what, Owen? Thank you so much for coming and joining us on this episode of Guide Live B2B Jam Session. You know, what is your powerful takeaway for our guide community? Wow. Oh, well, that's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you know, I, I, I think one of the biggest things that I would leave the community with is, you know, we are at a point where in our workforce now where design has such a powerful and meaningful way of changing things. And whether it's at your work, in your life, or, you know, what's happening around us right now in the world, um, design has become just very powerful mindset, not a tool, but a mindset that can like really help us really change things in a meaningful way versus, you know, doing things the way they usually are done, being done as well too. So, you know, take advantage of this moment, take advantage of this momentum as well too. And, you know, like let's be the change agent. You know, we all are empowered to be that then. Man, that's powerful. Man, thank you so much for being an inspiration to so many, you know, young boys and girls who want to be designers but don't know where to start, man. You know, you're an inspiration to me. So thank you so much, man, for, for finding time to really come on and just share your, your wisdom with us, man. Yes, absolutely. I'm ha happy to be here, happy to join. Thank you all so much. Um, please feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. I see a, a lot of questions are popping right now. Um, but um, feel free to reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. I'm there. I'm present. I, I'm, I'm always happy to answer questions when I have availability to. And you know what? And the final word today goes to Dot Long, Dot Lung, who says, Design is a mindset. The mother of dragons herself has spoken. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, we definitely need to have you, man. This has been truly a pleasure. We need to have you on a future episode. What do you think, man? I, I'm happy to come back. <laughs> ah, thank you, my friend. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, brother. Talk to thank you. you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, that was another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast live B2B jam session with the man himself, Owen Hammonds. If you're interested in being a part of our guide app beta, please check out guideapp.co and sign up for our early beta. Owen is one of our amazing guide creators that will be on our platform, as well as Dot Long, who is the mother of dragons herself. So we're really excited to expand our beta to amazing creators as well as people eventually. So definitely check out guideapp.co or share the link 
to guideapp.co yourself, to your friends, your teammates who are interested in joining our platform and our movement. With that said, thank you all so much, Aaron, Margarita, Dot, Nicole, Betty, for tuning in to today's episode. If you have any ideas on anyone I should interview next, please let me know. I'm always looking for feedback and requests, and we'll definitely give them our platform. With that said, I'm wishing each of you peace, love, and abundance. Talk to you soon. Have a great weekend, (laughs) y'all.